Go ahead and find a seat. Wherever you're joining us from today, we're glad you've tuned in or they're here in the building. I know you'd be here if you could be. This is where the party's happening. Who's got a Bible today? You might need it. There will be some scriptures on the, on the screen. I want to start a series with you today called uh, The Power of Words. Words are powerful. Words are incredibly powerful. Words can comfort or words can condemn. Words can provoke or words can pacify. Words are powerful. Words can assure or words can alarm. Words can embarrass or words can encourage. Words are powerful. Job records in chapter 6, he says, how forceful are the right words. In Proverbs we read that life and death, life and death are in the power of the tongue. It says that words kill, in the message translation, or the words give life. They're poison or they're fruit. And then it says, you choose. That's how powerful words are. There's a scripture, if you learn nothing else from this series, it's this next scripture that I want you to commit to memory and the, and the insight I want to give you. It says that by faith we understand. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the words of God. The worlds were framed by the words of God. Take your hand and just draw an imaginary picture frame with me right now. Just take your hand, draw an imaginary picture frame for me right now. Your words, like God's words, are framing your world. If you change your words, you'll change your world. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So the things that are seen are made from things which are invisible. How is that possible? How can something invisible make something that's tangible? That's the power of words. Today I want to talk to you about the words we say to others. And I'm glad that you're on this journey with me. The 4th century Bishop of Milan, uh, a man by the name of St. Ambrose, he said, not only for every idle word will we have to give an account, but for every idle silence. I'm going to leave that on the screen for a minute, let you just meditate, marinate on that thought. How many times have we been silent when we should have spoken up? How many times have we spoken up when we should have been silent? But not for every idle word alone, but for every idle silence. The church has got to find its voice. The church has got to find its proclamation. We are a herald of good news. Can I get a witness here today? Jesus Christ saves sinners. Can I get a witness from somebody here this morning? Is He still doing that today? He heals the sick. He comforts the tormented. And He brings about peace and restoration in families and in homes. Aren't you grateful for that? That's why this message has got to be preached in all the world as a witness and then the end will come. Proverbs 26 says that without wood, a fire goes out, and without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. 
as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inward parts. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20 to 22. What the words are that we say to our friends, the words that we say to our friends, things that we talk about with our friends are powerful. Three things I want you to remember when you talk with your friends about your friends. Number one, are they you taking notes? Number one, supportive. This world is kicking enough heads in. You don't need to worry about your friend getting a big head. Yeah? I wouldn't want to encourage him too much. You'll get a big head. I tell you what, the world is trying to shrink people down. The last thing the church needs to be is someone who's trying to contain or constrict. Let's be the kind of people whose words are supportive and affirming. Some friends of ours who may be watching this broadcast today recently decided to start a business. Some of their friends were very excited, but some of those that were close to them were like, that'll never happen. That can't work. You'll never make that a reality. Let us not be the kind of people who stump on other people's dreams. Let's fan into the flame the gift of God that is upon somebody else's life. Let's find our words are supportive and truthful. Yeah? You can point out things that they might not have thought about, but you don't have to do it in a negative way. You can say, I'm sure you've thought about this. How are you going to solve that problem? I'd love to dialogue about that with you. Number three, it may be truthful, but is it kind? I tell you what, there isn't a soul on the planet that doesn't like a kind word. We should be kind to everyone we meet because everyone we meet is carrying their own cross. Any cross carriers here? Anyone got a burden that's just too big for them right now? We need people around about us who will speak supportive words, truthful words. You know, sometimes we need people to... Uh, Emmanuel, I'm going to move. Is the camera right? I got in trouble last week because I moved out of zone. I'm just giving the camera guy. Sometimes, sometimes what we need are not the facts. What we need is the truth. Because truth is greater than facts. Well, the fact is like this, but the truth is this, and I'm going to rise up to that. I might not be this yet, but I'm on the way towards it. Supportive words, truthful words. Somebody wants some kind words. You know, a kind word spoken is a powerful, powerful thing. Listen to it again in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. Gossip is spread by wicked people. Stir up trouble, break up friendships. I'm going to tell you that God does not like this. Someone say yuck. There's, there's this, and I think, as a, I think as, a, as a body of believers, the church by and large has gotten a long way past this. But boy, it's like stuff that sticks to your shoe, isn't it? It kind of travels around with you and you've got to go, Hang on a minute, I'm not a garbage dump for you to open the truck on. I, if someone wants to talk to me about somebody else, I usually say to them, have you talked to them about it yet? Would you like me to come with you right now? We'll go and talk about it with them right now. 
shut gossip down because it destroys friendship, it breaks up marriages, it ruins workplace environments, and it's, it's toxic for church. Let's be the kind of people who speak supportive, truthful, and kind words. Proverbs 27 says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I love that. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. Number one, the words we say to our friends. Number two, someone say number two. The words we say to our boss or our employees, if you are the boss. Can I read a passage of Scripture from you? It's from the, uh, from the story of, of Ruth. Listen to this. Just see if this sounds like your workplace environment. You ready, Gordon? See if you can remember something happening like this at the old police station. Just remember these words. So Ruth went out to gather the grain. She turned up for work, went out to gather the grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. Someone say, ding, ding, ding. The relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. And while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and he greeted the workers. And this is what he said. The Lord be with you. And they responded, and may the Lord bless you. Now, have you ever been in a work environment where you walked in to the factory floor, you walked into the classroom, and all the Christian teachers go, yes, pastor, we do this every week. But Gordon, did you ever walk into the police station and the boss say to you, the Lord bless you. And you respond and say, and may he bless you as well. Because we don't work in environments like that, do we? But what if we did speak that positively between boss and employer? Got any bosses here today? Can I encourage you to speak positively over the people that work with you? Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes. Take no heed to the words that are spoken unless you hear your servant curse you. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. That's pretty good advice. Don't pay attention to everything. Don't put too much weight on everyone's words. Three things we need to say to our boss or our employees. Are our words honest? Are our words helpful? And do our words boost morale? You know, when you go to your boss with your problems, that's a bad move. That's a bad move. Don't take your problems to your boss. Take your problems and solutions to your boss and your best recommendation. That will show your boss that you are thinking about your problem. You are problem-oriented. You're problem-solution-oriented, and you've got a head on your shoulders that needs to be rewarded because you're finding solutions to take away his problems. Employees don't exist to pass problems up. I'm calling the union right after this meeting. They don't exist to pass problems up. They exist to cast solutions up. Bosses exist to provide solutions. Hang on a minute. Whose responsibility is it? Both. And when both are in that environment, the Lord bless you and the Lord bless you. If our heart in that work environment, maybe you're watching this broadcast, they say, it's not like that at my, at my workplace. If I said that, I'd get laughed out of the shop. You might not be able to use Christian language, but you could say something like, man, it's good to be at work today. Glad to see everybody. If you walked in with a cheerful soul, you'd be noticed positively. Now, if you're really cheerful, you're going to get sneered at, just so I tell all the, you know. But you just dial it down a little bit, walk in and say something positive, something affirming, something that's helpful, something that boosts morale. I tell you what, you'll get noticed and you'll get promoted.
because everyone wants to be a work environment where things are positive and productive. The words we speak to our employer, to our employees. Well, David, you don't know what my boss is like. Words frame worlds. If you want to change your world, change your words. Number two, words we say to our boss or to our employees. Number three, words we say to our enemies. (laughs) Point four, please, Pastor. You can tell a lot about a man by those who hate him. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5. It says, Give to him who asks you, and from those that want to borrow, don't turn away, don't close your heart. Haven't you heard? You will love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I'm saying this, this is Jesus speaking, saying, Love your enemies and bless. Someone say, Bless. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully want to use you and persecute you. This is completely other world living, right? This is kingdom living. These are the words that come out of a believer's heart, out of a disciple's heart. It's so different to the world we used to live in, right? When someone gets you, you get them back. Or better still, get them before they get you. But that's not the heart of Christ, your rabbi. That's not the message, that's not the mission of Jesus. Some things that you can say to your enemies. Number one, please help me understand that a little bit better. Abraham Lincoln was reportedly heard saying one time, I don't like that man. I should get to know him better. Help me understand that a little bit better. Because sometimes what's happening, the conflict is about a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. Number two, what I think I hear you saying is, that's a great start to a phrase. If you want to advance in the workplace or around people that are prickly, tuck some of these phrases away. Number three, I love this one. I've had this. You ever had someone get up in your grill, get right up in front of your face and, 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 and button shirt you? Who's ever had that? Wayne's giving me a nod. Eddie, give me a nod. That's fantastic. You know, one of the things you can do is you can just gently step back just out of swinging range, just stepping back and you can say, are you finding that approach helpful? Are you finding that, finding that approach works well for you? Now, if you're out of swing's way, good to say that. If you're not, and you're not a quick runner, just drop point three off. Just drop point three off, okay? But I tell you what, there's a lot of power in that thought because when people are arcing up and amping up, it's because they've got very poor conflict resolution skills. And I like to get people calm enough for me to say that line to them. So you reckon this approach is actually working for you? Does this approach work for you at home? Man, that usually gets someone really, really ticked off. They go from 10 to 12, June. They go from 10 to 12. And when the steam's coming out their ears, I, that's when I lean in because I've learned, I've pre-programmed, I've, I've downloaded, I've preloaded into my mind and my heart whole bunches of phrases and sayings to know what to say. So I can reach into the toolbox because I know how powerful words are. I can reach into the toolbox and we can have a conversation with people who don't even like us. Look what it says here in Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15, verse 1. Next scripture, Proverbs 15, verse 1. Somebody say it with me. A gentle answer deflects anger. When someone's amping up, do you know what you do? You dial it down. When someone's leaning forward, do you know what you do? You lean back. 
When someone's getting hot under the collar, do you know what you do? You undo a button and you just chill down. You just chill out. A soft answer. You can be right, but wrong at the top of your voice. Dial it down, de-escalate the situation, and you'll find that often God will come into that moment and work powerfully with you. I'm not here to entertain you, church. I want to equip you for, for victorious life and victorious living. This will work in every dimension of your life. Learn how to dial it down and keep control of your own spirit. What I'm tempted to do as a man is when people start to ramp up, the testosterone begins to lift. The level begins to lift. And it's the flight or fight starts to come. Which one is it going to be, right? And I can run pretty fast. A gentle answer turns around. Better to control your own spirit than taking a city, the Scripture says. Control you, that's the first goal. Number three is the words we say to our enemies. Number four, the words we say to our parents. Oh man, Pastor, come on, preach this one. Number four, the words we say to our parents. Here's some words you can say to our parents. Let me pay for that. I'd love to wash the car. <laughs> please, no, please, let me do the washing up. I'm preaching to some people over this side of the auditorium this morning. He's preaching over here. I think God's given me a word. starts with Z. Just a, a name. Just over here, over here. Hey, when was the last time you just called up your mom or your dad and said, thank you? Thank you. See, if you're waiting for them to be perfect, you're going to wait a very long time. But if you will put the power in your mouth and just say, thank you, find something positive that your parents have done and say, thank you for, at the end of that, do you know what will happen? You'll deposit a wonderful store into the relationship. You really will. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs 31. You with me? Proverbs 31 says that when the woman speaks, talking about mums, when the woman speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. All the mums said kindness. <laughs> All the teenagers guys going, please, Lord, give my mum a kind voice. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her households and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand up and bless her and her husband praises her. Oh, I love that. I want to be in a home where the lady of the house is the queen of all she surveys. Because you dumb men... If she's queen, you know what that makes you? Come on. You're not the jester. You're the king. So keep lifting up your beloved, yeah? Keep pouring out praise. Let your children hear only virtue and declare praise over your wife. Man, your mum's fantastic. Oh, she's amazing. I saw something your mum did the other day and it just made me feel like, wow, what a lucky bloke I am. Do you know what's happening? You're building relationship. You are framing your world with your words. Kids, 
Learn how to talk well about your parents. You know, when kids are young, they think their parents can just do anything. Then as they get into their teenage years, they realise how dumb their parents actually are. Come late teenagehood and early 20s, their parents are nincompoops. They are absolute imbeciles. But come about 23, now, I, I tell you what, I wonder what Dad would do right now. Come about 25, they're on the phone going, hey, Dad, hey, Mum, I've got this little problem. Uh, what do you reckon I could do? Come 30, they're going, I'm not doing anything until I talk this over with Dad. Come 50, they're going, I wish Dad was still here so I could just have that one more conversation with him. Words are powerful, absolutely powerful. Number five, words that we say to our spouse. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. This is good. You ready? This is a line straight out of the wedding vows that Sharon and I said to each other. And almost every day of our life, she will hear this line from me. I choose you this day and every day to be my beloved. Could you imagine what's happening in a lady's heart when she hears those words from her husband? If she hears it for the first time, that's what she's going to think. But when she's heard it for the thousandth and first time, she's going to feel, I'm as loved today as I was when I wore that white dress. I choose you today, each day, this day, every day, to be my beloved. That's powerful. Now, they're my words. You find your own. You go out and write your own poetry. Number two, Get used to this. It might, Colin, it might sound a bit weird when you put it in your mouth for the first time, but if you'll try it, it might, you might speak with a foreign accent, but after a while, it's going to come just out, just like you. You really are the best thing that ever happened to me. Go ahead, just, just try it. Whisper it. Just, just whisper it. Just, just try it. Feel, feel that feels like in your mouth. Go ahead, try it. You really are the best thing that ever happened to me. Sharon, you should be saying that very loudly about now. <laughs> guys, guys, when the lady comes home and she's got a sale ticket in her hand, a receipt in her hand, and she says, it was on special. It was 25% off. And she holds it up to you, looking, pleading with you with those eyes, seeking your approval and your affirmation. The only thing an intelligent man would say, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. And if you're real smart, if you're real smart, Luca, if you're real smart, you'll say, do they have that in another color? Because words are powerful. Words are powerful. I'm going to another church next week. I'm not coming back here again. Proverbs 17, verse 9, whoever forgives an offense seeks love. But whoever keeps bringing up the issue, keeps bringing it up, separates close friends. Somebody here today just needs to hear this. Let it go. Just leave it under the blood of Jesus and just stop bringing up the past. Don't bring up your past. And for the love of all that is pure, don't bring up the past of somebody else. Just walk in forgiveness. Walk in a bigness of heart towards your beloved your marriage partner, the wife of your youth. Number six, 
words that we say to our children. These are powerful words that we say to each other, others that are in our life, significant other people that are in our life. In Genesis chapter 49, uh, verse 28, Jacob called his 12 sons together and he declared a blessing over each of their lives. It's a Jewish tradition that Christians ought to follow. Declaring a blessing, affirming something positive over your children, not because they have earned it, but because they deserve it. What you declare becomes prophetically powerful over your children. This is something that I've practiced in my life and my children are familiar with these words. I'm so proud of you. I love that. My dad says that to me. And when my dad says that to me, I stand a little taller. I feel a little stronger. I feel just that little bit more confident when someone speaks positively over me that's got that kind of position of authority in my life. I love that. And you can do that too for your children and your grandchildren. I'm so glad that I get to be your dad. That's some of the most powerful words that your kids are ever going to hear. I'm so glad I get to be your mum. They're powerful words. They're powerful, powerful words. Keep declaring over your children, not you amaze me. <laughs> Almost lost my false teeth then. But you are amazing. You are amazing. When Sharon and I were much younger, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, and we were living on Bribey Island and Sharon would go off to school because she was a teacher. She had to get there early and I was just a lazy pastor. I could take the kids to school and I'd drop the kids off. But as we come around the last corner, I always made sure that I, I looked over my shoulder and said, man, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys today. I know you're going to have a great day today. I'm really proud of you. I'm glad I get to be your dad. You guys are going to have a fantastic adventure today. And I can't wait to hear what's happened in your day when I pick you up this afternoon. Now, I've said this to you before, but listen to it again. Do you think that those children hopped out with a better attitude and a more confident approach to the day than the kids who heard their dad say, get out of the car, you mongrels. You wasted my time. I don't even know why we had you. You're a problem and a pain. Get out. Which child do you think felt a little more confident about their day? Words are powerful. And if we will take the time, listen to it again, closing out with this scripture, our worship team are coming. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. One last verse, it's on the screen. It says that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things that are seen, the things that are visible, the things that are tangible came about as a result of that which is intangible, which is invisible. And as you will learn to harness well the power of words, I'm absolutely convinced that you will change your world as you change your words. Are there any questions? Then we shall depart in peace. Over the next few weeks, myself and some of our other leaders are going to be sharing around this, this theme. This is such an important reality for us all to grasp. Not a sermon to hear on a given Sunday, but a life skill to incarnate and to work out. 
When you start trying to change your language like you ever tried to learn another language, it's going to sound funny in your mouth. But as you begin to shift and align yourself with the way God wants you to think and speak, it's going to be powerful transformation in your marriage, in your mind, in your employment situation, in your friendship circle, with your children, with your grandchildren, because words have got that kind of power. Should we pray together? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Father, I want to thank you today in the name of Jesus that you've got wisdom for us for every dimension of our life. Whether it's words we speak to our friends, words we speak to our work colleagues or our employer, words we speak within the house and home context, Lord, words that we are declaring over our children. Lord, my great prayer, my, my high hope today is that You'd let Your Word settle into that fertile soil, that receptive space of heart we've prepared diligently to receive what You, Holy Spirit, are saying to us. Friends and family, while you're on your feet for a moment, as is becoming our custom and our habit here, just reflect on what you've heard today and go, God, what's this for me? What's here in this for me today? May the peace of God that passes all understanding, transcends every thought, every attitude, every emotion. Let that peace rest, reside, reign in our heart through the love of Jesus Christ now and always. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Have an awesome week.